in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the 100 Things Podcast with me, Todd Duncan. And me, Sebastian Terry. Okay, so today we're going to talk about number 73, which is get shot whilst wearing a bulletproof vest. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So I know we discussed a couple of uh, potentials for this podcast. And uh, yeah, we've gone for number 73 because a lot of intrigue around this one, Uh, not only just for myself, because what a truly unique experience i feel this was yeah it was kind of it was it was ridiculous it was ridiculous and crazy i should also say you know just from a uh you know i feel like i should say this no one go and do this um (laughs) but in brackets i mean if you have the opportunity it's pretty interesting um but i was wearing a bulletproof jacket there there is a blog available on this but i'm not going to read too much from it today but i will read this from 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 the blog i've never had a gun pointed at me let alone had one shot at me. And so really, it was an easy choice to add this item to the list. Uh, so I guess that part answers the usual question of why was it on the list? But am I right in thinking uh, hitchhiking across the US kind of really made it a priority on your list in terms of th- that was the first time you came across people who had guns and held yeah. a gun? and Yeah, that's exactly right. So it was kind of... Um... It wasn't on my list. It wasn't like this desire of mine or anything. But as you know, I love to do things that I find quite scary. And so whilst hitchhiking across America, which I think was number 36 on my list, yeah, every car had a gun. And I had all these conversations and, and experiences with guns, not in a negative way, but I remember being with uh, this guy, Deputy Dink, in his car. And he was very proud to like open up his trunk of his car and show me a shotgun. And he had all these bullets and magazines and uh, magazines of bullets, I, I guess, uh, stowed away. And uh, so anyway, that was one. I remember this other guy, this mech. This is a particular moment that allowed me to realize, oh, gosh, I need to get shot. And that was, I was in this car with this really friendly Mexican guy who had picked me up and I can't remember his name, but he was brilliant. And he showed me, he, he said, I've got, a, I've got a gun in my glove box if you want to have a look at it. Um, and I, I didn't think that was like a, a euphemism for anything. And I said, okay. So I, I went and I got this gun and it was like, you know, we don't have many guns in Australia. You're not really allowed them, um, which I think makes sense, by the way. Anyway, mm-hmm. I got this gun out and I... I just turned it on myself and I looked down the barrel of this gun and I was freaked out instantly. He told me that it wasn't loaded. So there were no bullets in the chamber or anywhere that wasn't, it was unloaded. But even just looking at the barrel of this gun, I just thought, imagine having a gun turned on you and imagine being shot. And that was it. I put it on my list. I thought I'm going to have to get shot. So I actually considered for a little while, do I get shot without a bulletproof vest? Where could you get shot? You know, that's safe. So I was thinking maybe like through the bicep or maybe you like pull out a bit of skin, uh, you know, from like your hip or something and get shot through the hip skin, the the skin fold, if you will. Yeah. And then I thought, uh, and then I thought, well, let me just have a look if I can find a bulletproof vest. So I typed in, so I basically got across America, finished hitchhiking. There was this fear of staring down the barrel of a gun. Mm -hmm. I added it to my list. I was like, I've got to get shot. So I Googled bulletproof clothing factories and the first one that popped up on Google was Miguel Caballero 
bulletproof clothing manufacturer, Bogota, Colombia. Um, and I, I did what you have to do. I just emailed him and I said, hey, would you mind shooting me? And he got back to me personally, Miguel, hmm. and said, sure, no worries, I'd love to. <laughs> okay, so I mean, that has answered the next five questions I had for you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> So as you say, firstly, let me just rewind for a second. You were genuinely thinking like, how can I get shot without a bulletproof vest? You were like, yeah. wow. Did you? Yeah. yeah. I thought, because I'm sure, even now thinking about it, I'm sure you could do it in a way that would just leave a wound. Let, like, you know, I, I thought, okay, maybe I could shoot into my arm, but then people were like, well, if you shoot into your arm, the bullet might deflect against a muscle and go shatter a bone and, you know, it might not come out and then you need to have an operation to get it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But then I still, I, I thought about, you know, that trick, you know, your elbow doesn't have any, any uh, nerve endings there. So the, right. skin, the, the flappy skin on the end of your elbow has no nerve endings. Therefore you could pinch it as hard as you can. Do you yeah. know this? No, no, no. Oh, do it now. Pinch your elbow and you will not feel it. You oh sit. yeah, I suppose you can. Yeah. All you feel is your fingers pinching against it. Yeah, so you could pinch someone's, anyway. So I thought, the point being, they don't feel pain. And I thought, well, if I could like extend my elbow <laughs> down, I could shoot through that. So I, you know, just leaving two little holes. So I thought that, but no, uh, you know, I, I thought, well, I should be safe here. And I'm not sort of trying to, because at this point, of course, people are starting to follow my story. And I was yeah. like, I don't really want to, you know, well, I'm not a just a stunt person. Uh, I, I don't want to do that. So, yeah, ended up being. The also, I should also I should imagine you just have to like wrap your elbow skin around the end of a barrel of a gun because otherwise, how is anyone <laughs> going to aim at <laughs> that? Such a particular area. Yeah. Any, anyways, yeah. Yeah. So no, yeah, I wouldn't get a marksman to stand at a hundred yards <laughs> with a with a one inch bit of elbow fat. No, uh, <laughs> point blank. You're right. <laughs> wow okay but so as you say you find yourself in bogota colombia the capital of colombia mm. uh once one of the the uh, biggest murder rates in the world uh -huh. but uh crime has since decreased everyone will be pleased to know uh you find yourself there for 10 days before the event uh any exciting things happen in colombia you're willing to share or none i'm willing to share uh no uh i i was actually so rugsy who's a mate of mine who I mentioned in my book. He is really supportive um, just buddy. And he, he always said, mate, I want to go to Columbia. If you ever go, let me know. So when I organized this, I rang up Rugsy or I emailed him or something. And I said, uh, mate, I'm going, do you want to come? So he said, yes. So me and Rugsy went down 10 days prior and just sort of chilled out. We were, we were in like Bogota and then we went to Cartagena, um, which was beautiful. Like it was off season. There was no tourists there. So we, we just, we were just kind of chilling really. Um, yeah, that, that was kind of that was kind of it. Yeah, and I assume if you uh, get any questions at immigration, it's like oh, we're just here on holiday, not I'm here to get shot. By, uh... <laughs> well, we joked that even if um, you know, even to your point of it being quite a violent place historically, but not now, beautiful place. Um, you know, even if I didn't get shot uh, by this guy, there was a chance that I would anyway. Yeah, uh, just walking around the streets. But no, it was it was lovely. Uh, so nothing. Uh, yeah, nothing <clears throat> that, that that is for this podcast. But it was a fun time. Okay, well, I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad you had a good time. Um, okay, so let, let's fast forward right up. So we've got how you communicated with uh, with Miguel. Uh, he is indeed the owner 
of of this brand of this huge factory that makes bulletproof clothing um there you are if you had your 10 days having a wonderful time drinking coffee and whatever else people do in colombia the evening before the only other extract i have from your blog is this on the eve of possibly one of the most dangerous days of my life i sit here with an intense bout of the flu unable to think straight uh now are you mistaking the sensation of severe man flu sorry it's man flu not just any flu it's man flu yeah. uh are you confusing that sensation with a severe case of the poopy pants because tomorrow <laughs> you get shot uh is there any mixture of like what am i doing the night before uh no well i'll answer i did get nervous and we'll talk about that i'm sure but it wasn't yeah not at that point the night before was fine I'd, I'd found myself into a nice little hostel. Rugsy had left by this point. He really wanted to, of course, see me get shot, but he couldn't because he had to go back to work. And um, he had a job, believe it or not. Um, so it was just me. And I was just, no, I wasn't, I wasn't particularly scared um, at that point. Of course, the morning I wake up, it's a little different. Um, but yeah, there's a certain, yeah, the, the, there's a little bit of tension. Uh, it feels different the day of the shooting. Yeah, so so let's let's get there. So the morning of, did you have breakfast? Did you, or is it like nerves from the moment you wake up? Uh yeah. So so this is a, I can't quite remember how this happened, but this Colombian guy, who was super lovely, um, oh my gosh, I've just blanked on his name, uh, Julian. His name was Julian, and I can't remember how I got in touch with him. It was a friend of somebody, or he followed me. I can't remember what it was. Um, basically, he ended up meeting me in the morning. We had breakfast together. We drove in together, um, and uh, we, we drove into, you know, the, 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 wherever the factory is. It wasn't in Bogota. It was kind of on the outskirts. It's like, okay. I feel like it was at least an hour away. And the closer we got over this hour, I just suddenly realized what am I doing? My, I told my sister and I shouldn't have, I told my sister and she just sent me this email. I probably still have it somewhere, but she was super concerned. Like, what are you doing? You shouldn't be doing this, blah, blah, blah. But at that point in my head, I'm like, but I'm wearing a bulletproof vest. So it's 100% safe in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess that's interesting. Like the, the perception of like, well, how do you tell anyone? Oh, I'm just off to Columbia to get shot. Uh, don't worry, wearing a bulletproof vest, blah, blah. Obviously, anyone who, uh, obviously, your sister loves you and is going to be like, huh? <laughs> yeah. please, please don't do that. Well, I had no, in my head again, I just had, I just thought, well, it's going to be very systematic, you know? I'll go in, get shot. My flight was that afternoon. So I had to, like, yeah, I was, you know, I was on a schedule. Just wake up, breakfast, get shot, fly to San Diego, where I then went on to marry. I'm an ordained wedding minister. I married a couple in San Diego a few days later um, from the list, of course. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just all systematic in my head for 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 at least a little part. Yeah. Okay. So we're driving there. Love an hour is a real nice time to digest what's about to happen. Uh -huh. um, and and you arrive and you get a tour of the factory. Am I right in thinking that? So it's not it's not straight down to business. You uh, get a lovely little escorted tour around and shown bits and pieces. Yeah, oh, far out. I remember it so well. We walk through the door, go in. A, so essentially, it's a factory. This is where Miguel produces all his bulletproof um, clothing. And he does it for like the president of the US, um, I, back then at least. I don't know if he still does it, but he makes the clothing for them. He makes 
Uh, so there's he makes t-shirts which are bulletproof for just casual wear for I don't know who needs those, but I'm assuming there are people. You know, jackets. He makes military clothing that's bulletproof. So he's a big deal. So you go into this, you know, this this reception, and I remember there was this girl there, and I said, "Hi, I'm here to get shot." And she's like, "Just sit down there." So I waited with Julian, and then in comes Miguel, uh, and he's a short kind of, you know, typical. I don't know about typical, but you know, just this this uh, wonderful Colombian guy, short, a little bit portly. And he's like, hi, uh, you know, you could tell he had a, an error, like he was the boss, you could tell. And very quickly, yeah, we, we broke into a tour, we go through a door and I just see this huge factory with people everywhere on sewing machines. It kind of looks like, I mean, I, well, I, don't, I, I won't say that, but it looked, there were people everywhere on, on sewing machines, just sewing, um, I don't know what it is, is it Kevlar or whatever the material is he uses into, jackets and t-shirts and whatever and uh yeah it was that that was a tour and it was bizarre it was bizarre what was in there i mean all the things you'd imagine you know you've got clothes hanging on the wall these are all the garments that are to be so uh, become bulletproof um it's probably a hundred people from memory from memory i yeah. have a hundred people in there and they were all looking at me the whole time um he takes stop me where you need to by the way because i'm just no, no, no. going down memory lane as i think of this there was like a huge table and we walk over to this table and there are bullets scattered mm. all over the table and guns. So there are guns and bullets all over this table, which is right, it's kind of to one side of the factory, but like complete access to anyone who wants it. So we go over to this thing and I'm just like, again, I have no experience with guns or bullets. So I'm looking at this going, this is crazy. This is what's got me here seeing guns and bullets yeah. hitchhiking. So I'm like a little taken back. And there's like, there's machine guns, there's pistols, there's rifle looking things. I'm not a gun person, but it seemed to be everything. And then this little girl in a pink tutu, <laughs> yeah, yeah. little girl in a pink tutu, she might've been seven years old, just roller skates past us in a factory for bulletproof clothing, past a table with guns and bullets, just as if she was in a playground at school. And I thought, what, what what's happening? And of course, that was his daughter to his, yeah. oh, I don't know if it was his second wife or something, but like he had this, you know, this beautiful lady at his side. I don't know who it was exactly. And I think it was his wife actually, or girlfriend at least. And yeah, it was their, it was their kid. Um, yeah, just, just with no, there's no protection. Like there's no, there's no like barrier to say this is a dangerous table to be around. And that's, that's, that's kind of, yeah, that's where the tour suddenly gets interesting. Yeah, well, the, the, so those were the two points I was going to bring up with you was exactly that. A, what was the feeling like? Because because there's so there's some raw footage that um, we have access to. It's not on YouTube. That on YouTube is you actually getting shot. Yeah. Um, but there's some raw footage that you shot of the tour, and there's that moment you describe of uh, the girl rollerblading past you and just being like, "What's happening?" But the 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 other moment is the one you just described is. How did it feel walking over to the table with the guns on it? Because you've seen the clothes now. You've tried a few of them on. I think there's one point you've got like a proper, you know, military helmet and everything on, just messing around bits and pieces. Yeah. And then they take you over to the table of guns and it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to, you're going to shoot me with one of these, aren't you? Yeah, it's exactly that. So well, the funniest part is he, get, he takes me to the table and then very quickly, like his assistant says something and he's like, oh, because I've got to go. I'll be back in a second. So he leaves. So there's a moment where it's just me and Julian at this massive table full of weaponry and ammunition. 
and I pick up a gun and I pick up a bullet and there is nothing to stop me putting a bullet in there and just, you know, shooting a hole in the roof. Um, and it's, it's just very weird because, you you know, we're brought up in a safe environment, thankfully. Like, I, you know, I, I certainly was. Yeah. And suddenly to have access to these tools that will kill people, that are designed to kill people, uh, and with no parental supervision, which I feel I've had most of my life, I felt, uh, yeah, it was just very weird. And then suddenly he comes back and, as you say, uh, that feeling of knowing he's going to shoot me. And he comes over and, and suddenly there's, it's, there's options. I have options, I discover. Um, it, was, it was weird. He basically says, what do you want to get shot with? And I don't know what that even means. Um, what do you mean? And he says, well, he, goes, I, he picks up a gun and it was a, a revolver of some sort. I think the word's a revolver, but you know, it had like a little barrel that you click out and it's got like seven or maybe nine holes for different bullets to go in. Oh, you can tell I don't know what I'm talking about with guns. Yeah. So he like clicks it out and he's like, I'm going to shoot you with one of these, I think. He's like, what kind of bullet do you want to get shot with? So I, I said, uh, whatever the most powerful one is, you know, I'd like to have a bruise or something. And he's like, well, I guess I've got to be slightly kind of cautious here. He goes, there's a, there's a 22, uh, which is, I think is the smallest type of bullet. And he said, there's a nine millimeter. Um, he goes, no, those are the ones I'm willing to shoot you with. And I was like, okay, well, whatever the bigger one is. And I think it was a nine millimeter. So I go nine millimeter, please. Then he lifts up a little box, like a little cardboard box, similar kind of box that you would find staples in. I mean, this is the sort of box I'm familiar with. Uh, but instead of staples, there's of course packed bullets in there. And he's like, pick your bullet. You get to pick the one I shoot you with. I was like, oh my God. So I'm just like looking at these bullets and then it's all becoming more serious. So I give him the bullet and he goes, right, let's go over to the wall. Yeah, so so that moment of uh, getting to pick your own bullet again through any of these stages, were you like, oh, I shouldn't. This is silly. Was there any point before you actually you're stood in front of each other and he's pointing the gun at you that you were like, I need to back out of this one? Was there any point that went through your head? Not until he pointed the gun at me. No. And okay. here, here's one reason why he was super friendly. And he told me when we went in there, he's like, uh, he goes, you're not the first person I've shot, by the way, I've, I shoot every member of staff before they're allowed to work here. So of, of, looking back at this factory floor, there's a hundred people in there, roughly each of whom are sewing or whatever. He shot them all. So I was like, well, I'm, I was like, I'm not, I'm not his first. Um, yeah. I'm not his first. So there you go. Uh, so I was kind of, I, well, I was confident or comfortable. Then we start walking over to this white wall. And, and, and this is where I sort of, you know, I, I sort of turned to water a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a hardworking human resources department that works for Miguel as he's shooting every employee. Um, I mean, that just doesn't, that, I don't even know if he's allowed to do that anymore, but that doesn't happen anywhere else in the world, surely. Maybe it's like a, a test of their work. If, you know, if, if your job is to sew the Kevlar or, or whatever the material is into a bulletproof jacket. And he's like, look, well done for completing your first jacket. It's time to test your work. <laughs> Put it on, will you? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, mate, I mean, hell of a policy. You know, you're going to get quality. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that, let's describe uh, the moment for those who haven't seen it or, or are listening to this. Um, you're wearing, so it's not like a military style bulletproof jacket it's not you know it's not a super army soldiers style 
it, it looks to me like a motorbike jacket. It's like a leather jacket, yeah. motorbike style that's zipped up. And you're in that. You've got your 100 things white t-shirt over the top. And he sticks what looks like just like a, a sticker you would get if you go to the dentist or something. <laughs> yeah. on, on your abs, like just below your ribs on the left-hand side is where he sticks it. And that's his target, right? Yeah, it's exactly right. So I had a stylish, fashionable motorbike jacket full of yeah. So he gives this to me and he points out, he's like, see, it's hard here. Oh, it wasn't even that hard. He's just like, this, yeah. is, this is, you know, whatever. Um, this is the, the bulletproof part. And he, you know, all the way down the front. So he's like, zip it up. And I said, can I put my shirt on the outside? Because I'd love to have a shirt with a hole in it, which I do somewhere. I don't even know where it is now. And um, yeah, so yeah, that, as you say, that's it. So I've sat, stood in front of the wall. I've got the jacket on, my T-shirt on, on top of that. He then puts a sticker, which is his target, um, just kind of just to, the, just to the left of my belly button or to the right as he's looking at me. And he's like, this is where I'm going to shoot you. So then he goes into like the protocol. So first of all, there's a, he yells at the whole factory, everyone quiet, I'm about to shoot Sebastian. And everyone looks at me and I'm like, oh my God. Uh, and then, so everyone's looking at me. I suddenly feel nervous, just like general anxiety you get when anyone, just when a group of people look at you, whether you're speaking yeah. or, you know, getting shot. Um, and then he goes, right, he goes, I'm going to shoot you on one. He says, I'm going to count from three to one. And he took me through this, this kind of um, this briefing and uh, we almost role played what would happen. Yeah. So he, he was like, interesting. Yeah. Go on. What, what do you, yeah. Tell well, me. So, so that, so the shooting as I've watched it is like, he counts up from one, two to three. So there's a, this practice. So my, my perception is he's like, he, and he tells you to take a deep breath in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's a practice where the, the barrel of the gun is out. So there's clearly no bullet in it. He's pretending he's about to shoot you. And he's like, one, you take this big deep breath in. He goes two, three, bang. Yeah. And then you see him place the bullet in revolver clips in place. <clears throat> and uh, he goes, he's like ready. So I'm, I'm watching the footage. I'm expecting a full one, two, three shot. And he goes one, you go, and he goes bang. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, we go through the process. Very focused. He's very focused, this guy. So he's suddenly he turns serious, and I'm like, oh my god, he's serious. I, mm. I should be serious. So again, he's he stood three feet in front of me. So his extended arm is basically touched. Well, it's basically like one or two feet away from my jacket. Yeah, which was surprising because in my head, just for some stupid reason, I thought he'd stand twenty yards away. Um, but no, he was point blank, I think is the term. So yeah, he goes, I'm going to count to one, two, I'm going to count to three going up. You're right. Uh, breathe in every time I say a number, breathe out in between. So he's like one and I go, and then he, this is a practice. Of course, there's no bullet in the yeah. gun. Breathe out two, out three. And, oh, and he goes bang. So he's like, right, you ready? So he holds out the gun, like a, like a really a performer, this guy that everyone's watching. He, yeah. un, I don't know what you do. He unclicks the barrel, gets the bullet, drops it in there, clicks it back in, cocks the back of the gun. And he's like, are you ready? And I'm like, yes. So he's ready to shoot. I was about to swear then. He's about to shoot me. Okay, so pause there. Yeah. What's going through your head now? Now I'm scared. <laughs> Okay. So, because I never, I never considered the risk. I never, at one point, even through my sister's emails, you know, saying, "Hey, I'm really worried about you. Please don't do it." I never, ever thought this would not work. I just yeah. thought 
it's a bulletproof vest, it'll work. I never considered the risk until this moment. And so I'm looking down at his hand. So I'm looking at him, looking at my stomach with a gun imminently about to get, you know, triggered and shot into me, a bullet. And for the first time, I think, oh my gosh, if this goes wrong, I could die. I could die. And it just dawned on me then, his, his fingers around the trigger, he's about to count from one to three. And in that moment, I thought, what happens if this goes wrong? I suppose I could die. Now, as you know, this, this whole journey of 100 things started because I thought, you know, after Chris passed away, I remember thinking, if I died today, could I be happy with my life? And a year, it was only a year and a half into my journey was this particular moment getting shot. So a year and a half earlier, I'd asked myself that question. And I remember thinking, geez, if I died today, I'd, be, I, I'd have quite a bit of regret. But with him now about to shoot me and an actual consideration of what would happen if I die, what do I think about my life? And I thought, if I died now, I wouldn't have any regret. I'm so happy with how things have gone for the last year and a half. And yeah. I, that was actually going to be the end of my book, my 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 first book but it wasn't in the end because I thought it was a really nice way to round it all off yeah but back to your question yeah I knew that I was suddenly doing something that was risky but I was happy doing it and with that he starts his count which again as you say he counts we're meant to go one two three with the breathing in between and he just counts to one and I'm just looking down at his finger and he bloody pulls the trigger and shoots me he shot me he shot me in the stomach and there was, I, I barely felt it. I barely felt it. It was crazy. Yeah. So that's, that's what you kind of say afterwards. Like, well, obviously like uh, a big woo and other stuff, but then you're like, I didn't even feel it. I didn't even feel it. Uh, and such a mixture of like what would appear from watching it of like uh, euphoria and relief and almost like all of it just mixed into this ecstasy that's kind of enriched in your reaction and across your face is that how you felt you were just like so pleased you had done it oh man, so I, pleased that you had survived I, I, no yeah it was relief it was just so much relief because i again in those few seconds leading up to it when i thought oh hang on i could die here um even though i was like well if i did it would be kind of you know it'd be fine because i'm happy it would be a stupid mistake and lots of people would laugh at me but yeah. uh, not that i would have cared i'd be dead but yeah, the relief was immense and I was just so happy. And like my, I, I'm assuming my heart rate was really high. I remember being quite sweaty as well. And uh, yeah, and then I, you know, I looked down at my shirt, I could see a hole in it. Um, and uh, the bullet, thankfully, of course, was lodged in the jacket. So that was, that was the next thing. I think I, I think I gave him a hug. I was so yeah. stoked. Julian had filmed the whole thing and, and that was it. I mean, I, you know, I, yeah that was yeah. it that yeah yeah they, they they retrieve the bullet out of the jacket for you and and you hold it in your hand and it's the what you see on the films like the crumpled down flat flattened yeah uh, bullet but yeah i, I mean <clears throat> without being too like gross or morose about it if it had gone wrong it's not like an instantaneous death <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i would have yeah, I would have, I mean, we would have been filming. I would have just had it on <laughs> seen what would have happened. I'm assuming he picked that particular point, like, you know, three inches to the left of my belly button, because maybe, I don't know, maybe there's no vital organs down there. I I sort of feel like they're all pretty vital, but oh, yeah, I don't know. So I guess it's I'll, away from ribs that could crack or break. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, 
again, I mean, I, I have no experience with guns or anything like that. So, you know, there, there is the macho in me that wants to be like, well, Seb, he aimed there because uh, <laughs> I have no idea. I'm just bleeding out in a pool of blood. And I, like, I should have shot myself in the elbow. Anyway, so that was, yeah, that, that we, we did it. We, we, we did it. And then I'm actually trying, I actually can't even remember really what happened after that. You know, when you do something and it's quite a, it's quite an, it's quite a thing. You've been thinking about it for a while and you do it. It's so much adrenaline. Then you kind of yeah. forget about what happens after. Um, but yeah, uh, that I was just, I was just stoked. I was, I was stoked that it, that, that obviously I survived. Um, and then and then I, I get, well, this is funny. I had my flight to get to, right? Yeah. So we, on the way, on the way back, Julian suddenly goes, do you, you want to go four-wheel driving? And I go, yeah, sure. So he's got like this Land Rover. It's like a bright blue Land Rover, a really old thing. So we, I don't even know, I don't even know how this happened. We ended up going into like the middle of nowhere and literally four wheel driving, like through swamps and going over bumps and being sideways and like proper four wheel driving. And uh, his car breaks down in the middle of a swamp, in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere in Colombia. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if you two got stranded and that's how you died? You'd just been shot. <laughs> and then, then you went four wheel driving with, with Julian and he ended up eating you because he was starving. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was it. So I was like, oh mate, uh, what are we going to do? I've got to get, I've got to get to the airport. I'm flying to America. And yeah, we, I think someone else drove past some other person and helped us out. And eventually the car was fixed and I got to the air. Maybe I ended up in another car. I can't remember, but the whole day was just, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. And what's interesting is a very sensitive topic too. You mm -hmm. know, I, I, I did it for my, my own reasons, you know? But I remember like doing a talk. I did a talk in uh, Prague in the Czech Republic. And it was, it was just after there was, there was a massacre in Norway. Yeah. Uh, do you remember that? There was like a Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and it was kind of like I can't, a week, maybe two weeks, maybe a month after that. And I was, but it was in, it was in Prague. And I, mm. and I used to show the footage of me getting shot on camera. Cause it's, it's, it's interesting. And I, yeah. it's not kind of like a, Oh, Hey, look at me type of thing. It's like, that was actually a turning point in my journey. I getting shot allowed me to realize that I'd sort of changed my life around and I was really happy. So that was the point of me showing this video. So anyway, yeah. I showed the video, spoke about it afterwards. These two, the, the, the person who books me came over and they're like, that was great. It was, you know, thank you so much. And then mm. two people came over to me from Norway and said, that's so insensitive. It's so insensitive. And I was like, I, I, my thoughts are, no, it's not. This is, this is yeah. just my story. You know, the context yeah. is not, we're not, I'm not talking about any of this other stuff that's happened, which is of course horrible and all that. But anyway, so I don't, I don't show it anymore just because I don't want to, I don't want to trigger people. Yeah. I mean, it's such a shame, isn't it? Because again, I agree. It's not, it's not insensitive or offensive or uh, any of those things. I think people get upset and they don't know who to, necessarily point their anger at sometimes but uh it's not like you were inciting violence or or have suddenly come out as pro gun or anything like that it's uh yeah yeah because, because i know we've come to do this podcast a couple of times on this item and you now living in the u.s unfortunately gun related crime and violence is uh often in the news so we've we've kind of been like oh, okay maybe not this week maybe not this week um but 
really and truly, it, it, it's not the act itself. It's it's part of your journey of like, oh, yeah. I went to do this in a completely safe and monitored environment with a man. I know it sounds ridiculous. I, and I know I kind of play on the humor more often than not of like, oh, you flew to Colombia to get shot by a man. Uh, <laughs> but he is the owner of one of the world's biggest producers of bulletproof clothing and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, mate, I think I think you're fine. There's a million ways of doing something. And I think you're, to your point, I mean, this is going completely off topic. I think there's always a risk of offending people. In fact, you're always going to offend people. I, you know, I, I think the, the nicest person in the planet, who would that be? Dalai Lama? I don't know. Even he'd have a hater of some sort for some ridiculous yeah. reason. So yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, oh, geez, I wouldn't change it. It was a pivotal moment in my, I mean, truly it was a pivotal moment for me. It just allowed me to realize something that I never had before. And I, and that was happiness. Um, so it was, yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. So let, let me put you on the spot then, because this was my final question on my notes. And I know we're being responsible and saying, hey, nobody do this at home. Obviously, don't do this at home. But would you recommend it? Yeah. yeah? Okay. <laughs> well, I look, I think if someone, look, it obviously comes with a risk. Is there much more of a risk doing bungee jumping or skydiving? Probably not. I don't know what the percentages are of people who die from these things. But I, I actually think now that Miguel, the guy who shot me, I think getting shot at his factory has become, it's in the lonely planet. So it's an activity or oh. an experience you can go and do. Um, okay. Yeah. So look, I, I. Ever the businessman, Miguel, isn't he? Ever the businessman. Yeah. Yeah. I got a freebie luckily. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I look, I think only if you're interested for whatever your reasons are, um, I was actually disappointed that I didn't fall over. I, I was hoping that I, you know, even like, you know, having a cracked rib, I mean, imagine that. Mm. Uh, but no, no, none of that. Um, and then uh, I've still got the T-shirt somewhere. I used to take the bullet around to talks I used to do um, for for kids at schools. I wouldn't do it for corporate audiences, but I would take these this bullet. Yeah, yeah kids, kids love bullets much more. <laughs> and uh, so I remember I used to pass it around. And then I did one talk um, with it, and the bullet never got back to me. So, <laughs> some kids, uh, I don't know, wearing it as an earring or something now. I don't know. <laughs> accidentally swallowed it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's probably the more offensive thing yeah i should anyway well mate there we have it number 73 get shot whilst wearing a bulletproof vest done tick checked congratulations <laughs> thank you tony the 100 things podcast. oh what's on your list yeah